Greetings, ladies and gentlemen and brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman. And the title of today's show, well, there really isn't going to be, well, I guess you could call it the Romans 8 Decree. Several of you behind the scenes have reached out to me, and you've told me about sins you're struggling with. You've told me about, you know, you're unsure if you can be forgiven. You're not sure where you stand with the Lord. And I felt that this was an important decree to share because it would help if you put it into your prayer routine and regimen every single day. You know, when I was in the wilderness, that's when I actually created this because I, I was reading it one day and it just came up in my spirit like, you know, this would make a really good prayer to recite every single day. And so that's what I'm going to do today. You know, many of you are familiar with Ephesians 6 and specifically verses 10 through 18. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So the reason I recited Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18 is because this prayer, when you include it in your daily prayer, for those of you who struggle with sin and are trying to put that down, you're trying to actively repent, the Lord already sees the intention in your heart that you want to do that. And so what you want to do is train yourself by repeating his promises every day. And that's why I felt Romans 8 was a good one to include. So let's get started. And let me be clear before I begin. This is a PDF that has been created. It is up on Innocence Redeemed. It's been there for a while. And I actually meant to do this a long time ago, but I just got um, caught up with other works I was doing. So I never got it done. So because of the increase of emails and because there's going to be more and more people um, coming to the Lord in this late hour, I felt that this was important to get it covered now. So the prayer and the decree I created, it goes like this. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says in Romans 8, 1 through 4, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. He thus condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous standard of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, the way I have done this, I break it down by sections and verses. 
So after one through four, here's how you declare it. I declare there is no condemnation because I am found in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. God sent his son Jesus in the flesh as an offering to clear me of my sins as the law itself was powerless to do so that the righteous standard of the law might be fulfilled in me. I declare I do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So you see, you're reading that and then you're declaring it. You're declaring it. And if you keep declaring it and you keep declaring it and you keep declaring it, it's going to be in you. It'll be automatic. So not only are you praying the Lord's word, which he loves, you're carrying it. And this is going to help you overcome your sin. And I can say so because I did it and it worked for me when I was having things I was struggling with in the very, very, very beginning. Another thing that the enemy likes to do is try to convince believers, or new believers especially, that, oh, you did this or you did that. God will never forgive you. God hates you. That's when you'll use that truth. There is now no condemnation to those who are found in Christ Jesus, and I belong to Christ Jesus. Simple. You would just rebuke it. You'd rebuke that attack by stating that very truth. And that's the purpose of this decree. So moving on. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So you would quote it back like this. I declare I do not live according to the flesh because I do not set my mind on the things of the flesh which cannot please God and leads to death. The mind of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I live by the Spirit because my mind is set on the things of the Spirit which are life and peace. I am not controlled by the flesh, but by the Spirit of God because I belong to Jesus Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Lord, your word says in Romans 8, 12-14, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so you declare it. I declare I do not live by the flesh, for doing so leads to death. I declare that by the Spirit, I have put to death the deeds of my flesh so that I may live. I am led by the Spirit of God, and I am a son of God. Then you move on. Father God, in Jesus' name, your word says in Romans 8, verses 18 through 27, I consider that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. And by the way, that verse right there, I just want to insert that When you're going through any type of refining, which many of you are right now, that's important to remember because what you're suffering in the present, there is no comparison as to the glory of God that will be revealed through you later on because he's going to be using a lot of us in the future going forward. So that is the reason for the refinings and submitting to them now. But continuing, verse 19. In fact, you know what? Let's start over. I consider that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. 
The creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not by its own will, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and brought in to the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, which, by the way, draweth nigh. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he can already see? But if we hope for what we do not yet see, we wait for it patiently. And that's the faith. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I don't know about you, but I've had many, many circumstances where I'm just completely worn down, and I'll be like, I don't even have the strength to actually mutter a word in prayer. But that's an example of that. Like when you feel so worn down, your spirit is still interceding for you. Because there's been times I see so many people who are lost, and I don't even have the words. And I just, it, but it's on my heart, and, and it's like it's just in my size. That's a good example of that. But we declare it. I declare that my present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in me. I have been set free from bondage, which leads to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God. The Spirit helps me in my weakness, for I do not always know how to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for me with groans too deep for words. God searches my heart and knows the mind of the Spirit, and therefore the Spirit intercedes for me according to the will of God. Romans 8, 28-34 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, He also called, and those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? See how these are all promises and why you want to decree them every day? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is there to condemn us? For Christ Jesus, who died, and more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for us. Now, condemnation, that is those who are persecuting the Christian faith, those who are walking adversely to it. I'm going to get more into this later, because there seems to be a confusion of that. You know, there's these promises, but we also have to do God's will. But, to decree what I just read, I declare and agree that there is no problem in my life too big for God. All things work together for good because I love him and have been called according to his purpose. And by the way, I want to state real quick, this is why you want to get in the habit of decreeing this prayer. Because when that promise is needed 
it will come up in your spirit. It's almost like it's an instant reminder, like you'll have it right there. And that's going to be important because there's going to be a lot of temptations going forward. Okay. And this also is what sets you free. You know, God doesn't make the temptation more than you can handle. So if you know these truths and they live in your heart, whether you need something or you're going through something, you're trying to get free of a sin, you're praying that the Lord deliver you, you're handing him the sins. If you believe these decrees, you're going to get the help you need. He's going to get you out of it. And this is why. The next decree, God foreknew and predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son so that I may justify and bring glory to him through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, it's God's will to set you free of whatever you're going through. Christ died for my sins and was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and intercedes for me. Therefore, nobody can be against me because Christ is for me and will never leave me nor forsake me. Did you hear that? Jesus is interceding for us. And nobody can get to God unless they have Jesus. And if he is with you, nobody can be against you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise right there. And you can call this out. And that's another thing you're doing. When you decree this, you are calling out these promises, these truths. They are building in you. So moving forward, Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that right there is an important one. These verses 35 through 39, because when these troubles arrive in the near future, we're going to need to remember this. And that's another reason I'm putting this out today. So how do we declare that? How do we declare Romans 8, 35 through 39? I declare that Although we face death all day long, that nothing, not death nor life, neither angels or principalities, neither in the present or in the future, nor will any power, regardless of depth or height or anything else in all creation, ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. You see how you decree that? And so that's the end of the main decree. Then you close it out. Thank you, Lord Father in heaven, for your son Jesus, for being my rock and savior, for being patient with me and showing me your infinite love and mercy, for allowing me to declare your holy word for all of my needs. Thank you for calming my worries and assuring me in the truth of your word and always reminding me in the spirit that you are for me and that nothing can ever separate your love from me. In Jesus' righteous name I pray. Amen. 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 So, Again, you know, it's pretty simple, guys. I'm going to put this up. I, it's already up, I think, on my resources page, but um, I'm gonna, I'll link to it in the blog when this goes live. And I just want to say a few things. If you're a YouTube listener and you're hearing this, please give the videos a thumbs up. And the reason I say that is because the way their algorithm works, it's not so much that you like the video. It's putting it out there. It's getting it out there. 
if you're not thumbing it up, it's not getting the views it needs. It's not getting promoted more because that's how they work. They promote something like if people like the cat video playing in the tree, for example, more people are going to end up seeing that because it's coming up more often in the search algorithms. That's how YouTube does things. This is another reason I don't put everything on YouTube because I have a feeling that they've been censoring me anyway. I know that they're censoring me. I know that they're censoring many rounds because I go to do a search on my own ministry and I do one on many rounds of site, for example, and it's not even coming up. You literally have to type the whole thing in and it tries to offer suggestions, which it separates the syllables out and it doesn't come up unless you actually put the full name and then hit search. That's why I've been slowly moving my stuff over to Rumble, because I don't think a lot of different people are going to be on YouTube much longer. But if you are listening there, or if you found this there, please give it a like, because that's the reason. And that's why you'll hear people often tell you, like, if you like this, thumb it up, blah, blah, blah. The reason for that is so that it gets out there. And guys, in the time that is upon us, people need these truths. They, there are hurting souls out there, guys. They need help. And all of us right now, we need to be coming together. You know, there's power in number. Where more are united in Jesus Christ, there is more effective prayer. There is more getting done. We cannot be affording to just shrug everything off and pretend it'll just be seen. Because you can't go by that. You have to do your part. Everybody has a part. Look. Everybody has a part to play in the body of Christ. We're all different parts, all different functions. You may not do a ministry, you may not do teachings, but you can help to get that word out there. And speaking of that, I need to address a few things in closing. And bear with me because I might get a little bit strong-winded here. Um, you know, guys, time's running out. But this is a message for the church. And, you know, it may not apply to you. But I'm just going to come right out and say it. it applies to who it applies to. And those who are doing it are going to know who they are. There's wrong priorities in many places. And, and I'm sorry, but this just needs to get said. Um, you know, I've been observing the last few weeks. I, I noticed nobody reached out and said, hey, are you okay? Can, can I pray for you in any way? And this is part of the problem, which is another reason I'm addressing this. When it comes to helping our fellow brethren, fellowshipping, Esteeming others better than ourselves, judging, indifference. You know, this judgment that's going on right now, there's a judgment, there's a silent judgment going on. It has been quiet for weeks, and I know it's going on. Either everyone runs around as busybodies, occupied by the things of the world, and meanwhile, you have people who are out there truly hurt who are not receiving the help that they need. Why don't they receive the help they need? They don't reach out because the church, the mainstream body, which is in for a due pruning, is judging. It's judging people. There's this degree of, don't interrupt my holiness. I'm higher up than you. Don't bother me. I can't be bothered with it. I'm not going to witness. I'm not going to give a reason for my hope. I'm not going to give my testimony. I see this, guys, through and through and through. I wouldn't be mentioning it if I didn't see it. The Lord allows me to see these things. It's been done unto me, so I see it. I know what's going on. And I can only imagine how others out there who are actually in need, who are not even that far along in their walk, are feeling. 
they're probably feeling rejected. I mean, online, online, where you're anonymous, nobody even knows who you are. They don't know you in person. Maybe some people do, and some, but most people don't. But this judgment, do we forget Romans 2.1? Therefore, you are inexcusable, O oh man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. That means you are just as guilty or you have been just as guilty. And did Jesus not redeem you from your sins? So what makes you think that you're capable and you're qualified to judge others? There is a lot of infighting over things that do not matter. A big one right now going around is the rapture. Is there a preacher of rapture? Is there not? Is there? Why are we getting caught up in all this? There are souls to save. We are supposed to work while it is still light. We are supposed to be a shining example for those we are trying to lead into the ark. Because the day is coming where no man can work, and it is rapidly, rapidly approaching. And that's an understatement. And yet, we're caught up in things that don't matter, and useless arguments and words. And guys, we are not supposed to be fighting over these things. The church, it's filled with hate, and it's indifferent. Whether it's true or it isn't, that should not be our main focus right now. There's many who say, well, we need to be saving our souls. And, but, it, they're, but they're sitting like, a, like an elf on a shelf. Or a wooden soldier on a shelf or a fragile jar or a decoration or whatever. Like, don't interrupt me. Don't bother me. We are all supposed to give an account of our faith. In and out of season. We're supposed to be ready to do that at all times. And these are not my words. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That means you should be willing to do the will of God in your time and share how he redeemed you out of your sins to others and give them the hope because we are going to need to get in that habit going forward. Verse 16, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, which by the way is coming, those who revel your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed because a day of shame falls on everyone who comes against you for speaking out about what's right. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And there is a lot of evil going on in this world right now that needs to be spoken against. There are a lot of people who are looking to be led out of their chains. They need to be delivered. They need our help, guys. We are their brethren. If they have accepted Jesus Christ, we are their brethren, and we should be doing that. What are we doing? You know, it's like, okay, you know, amen, I'm just going to sit here. And How's that helping anybody? That makes you look stuck up. That's what that looks like. I've had people reach out to me anonymously. You know, they're struggling with sins. And I give testimonies. I've had to talk about things I've done in the past. and Because I don't care. It isn't about me. Everyone should have that attitude. You should be doing what you have to do to lead those lost souls in. 
Because there are a lot of us out there who have done things in the past we are not proud of, okay? But did Jesus not cleanse us of those sins? Did he not deliver us from those sins? Who do we think we are to be qualified to judge another brother or sister? Who do we think we are? Do you not see why the church is going to be refined? It is for this stuck-up and prideful reason. Because the people who think that they are living perfect, what they're showing is in their heart is that they think they're better than everybody else. And what it's showing is that there's a disdain overall for anybody who is weaker in the faith or not where they are. You should be using your faith to lead others, to encourage them. Not just leaving it hanging out there or saying, well, somebody else can do it. Because you know you would want that done to you. You know, Romans 14.1 says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. So, you know, why are, we're, we're not, are we accepting those lower in the faith? You know, I've seen people, I have seen arguments in different areas, whether they're on forums or Christian communities or on YouTube, wherever they are. I'm seeing people who were made fun of when they were younger. They are now young guys or women. They're turning away from the church. They're turning away from the faith. Some of them are going into the uh, LGBTQ community because they feel like they're rejected, because they have no one telling them that they can be delivered from these things, that they're confused, that they've been conditioned that because they were made fun of. And that's a tactic by the enemy that's being used. But rather than reach out and reach these lost souls, we're acting all high and mighty that we, are, we don't have to do that. Or there's only a limited who are, amount of brethren who are doing that. Let's go chapter forward. You know, Romans 15.1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Go for it. Romans 15, 2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Verse 3, still Romans 15. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. We really need to stop having this high and mighty way about us. You can live your life right and still be a shining example for all to see. And we are supposed to do that. That is in Matthew 5. That is what Jesus told us to do. That is being the salt and the light. Are we doing it? That is all part of the repentance because when people in the church are backsliding and leaving what they're seeing to do that is the hypocrisy that's a main reason when i left the church i don't know 20 some years ago at first that's why i left because of the hypocrisy you know i was into the nightlife the partying and sexual sin and drug use because i felt more accepted among those people than I did in the church. The church, you'd go in and people would stare at you as if you were some thing. And, you know, you would think that more people would open up, but that's not happening. At least not at the level it should be. I'm not saying it's everyone, but it's not happening on the level it should.
Did it ever occur to most Christians that there's people there internally who are crying out? You know, I covered this. I did a show called What is a Refining and Why? And I talked about those in the halls of the church, outside the main auditorium, having their coffee clutch and gossiping and talking about those who look unworthy to be there because either they did something and confided in somebody and they couldn't keep their mouth shut and went to the other members of the congregation or they're dressed a certain way because they're in a certain financial condition. What do we think we are? Statues? Like, oh, my ears hear this. I'm going to, they're going to shatter. That is not the way forward. And it certainly will not be the way forward in what comes. Because let me tell you, if you're that fragile now, how are you going to endure when the real shattering comes? When the judgments really start to go into full effect? Those things that are said will then become a distant memory. And you'll be regretting that you wouldn't have done things differently. Because everyone is going to be shown their sin. The sins are being exposed right now, in case you haven't noticed. You would want that mercy extended to you. And did Christ not tell us to be merciful? We better start learning these things, guys. We really better start understanding what the Lord wants us to do. And it starts with learning the word of God. That's all I can really say about that, you know? We need to realize where we are as a body at the moment. We need to get these things corrected now. Because if we are acting this way now, we are going to be learning it later. And from what I'm seeing out there, if we're not doing this now, it's going to be a lot more difficult later. The trust and the indifference and the division. I had a brother from uh, Washington reach out to me. He said that the church is filled with so much indifference and hate that there's more love in certain communities, quote unquote. You know, I haven't responded to him yet, but I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, you're pretty much right. That's what's going on. How is that going to help lead people to Jesus? There are people out there truly, truly hurt, struggling with sins. They've been victims of abuse in the past. They need us to lift them up. You know, that's what I just read from Romans 15.3. Accept one another. Accept those weaker in the faith. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we giving an account for how the Lord delivered us out of our sins? Instead, we're standing there condemning people. We're condemning and judging them. It's one thing to say you need to repent. That's what the Lord wants. The Lord, if it wasn't for his grace, if it wasn't for being our savior, for dying for all of us, shedding his blood to, to cleanse us and his blood for all of us, we would all still be where we used to be, doing things that we shouldn't have been doing. We wouldn't be forgiven. He forgives us. He was merciful to us. And yet, we don't show mercy a lot of times when it comes to others. We look at them with contempt. There is something very wrong with that picture. There is something very wrong with that picture. A lot of people are going to be taken in the judgments coming. But there are going to be many who are going to be left here. 
because they are going to need to experience what it's like to go through that, to have mercy shown unto them to teach them the right way. Why are we so indifferent? Why are we afraid to lend a helping hand to somebody who's new to the faith or to someone who fell away and went into the world and is backslidden and needs to return to Christ? Why are we doing that? We need to get in the practice of doing it now because when these judgments begin, and I submit to you they already have started, there are going to be many who are going to be fearful and they are going to be running to the nearest Christian. They're going to be running to the nearest church. They are going to be looking to what the Lord wants them to do. And if you can't even do it now, what are you going to do later on? If you have the perfect love in your heart, that should cast out all fear to speak up. Romans 8.31, I'll read it again. For if God is for us, who can be against us? That is, we are doing his will. We are living his will. And his will right now is to reach those lost sheep to lead them to his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us all, who forgave us all. I can't reach everyone, guys. It's up to all of us to be doing our part. We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to be doing these things. We're supposed to be being the hands and the feet of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12. What are we doing? Jesus accepts people where they are. He wants them to turn from the sin, but he meets them where they are. He did so with me. If that were untrue, I wouldn't be sitting here today. And these are things, guys, that we need to keep in mind, okay? We need to be more about walking in love. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me. Do the will of my father. You're my brother and my sister. If you do the will of my father, be fishers of men, you know? We need to stop our pride, guys. I don't know how many times I can say it. It's coming to a point. The, the, the warnings, you know, they're, they're going to stop. Really, in so many ways, they already are. I mean, events are happening now. They're happening. And, you know, this isn't just happening in the United States, although the United States, the church of the U.S., is the worst offender at it. No, this is happening in Australia. It's happening in Ireland. It's happening in the UK. It's happening in parts of Europe. It's happening in Canada. In those countries, at least the people blow hot or cold. The Lord said he would rather have us hot or cold, not lukewarm, or he'll spew thee out of thy mouth. That means those who are unbelieving can still be saved. He can still reach those who are cold. Okay? When you're in the middle, one foot in, one foot out, like the church in America, or people who have been brought up on godly values but abandon them, or say they believe but want to omit things, that doesn't cut it. We're not, instead, what we're allowing is abominations to enter the church, where we should be speaking against these things. If a pastor's allowing something, we should be questioning that and meeting among ourselves. What are we doing? What are we doing? Sitting there just thinking that God's winking at this, thinking it's, you know, of the mind that it's okay? Except the sinner, yes, it doesn't mean you condone the sin and go along with it. 
I mean, this is clear. 2 Timothy 2, 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. How can you say you're his if you condone these things that are abominations? But this is what we're doing. I mean, do we want to become part of those who are deceived in the last days? Because that's where we're heading if we don't change our ways. You know, another thing happening, inviting in rabbis or intermingling Christianity with Jewish teachings that have nothing to do with biblical teachings. You know, this is in 2 Corinthians 11.4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. And the reality is, yes, there are many churches putting up with this. I say again, what are we doing? This is allowing confusion to enter into the church, and it's harming people. And another thing, you better start calling Jesus by his name. Learn to say his name, Jesus Christ, not every other name in the book. Because if you don't get in the habit of doing that now, what are you going to do later? Deny him? We better get our priorities in order, guys. This is coming down to the wire now. It is coming down to the wire. Everything is such a mess right now. You know, I, I, I really don't know how else to further convey it, guys. It's getting real out there. People are seeing the judgments. They're seeing the judgments on their nations. You know, we've allowed the wickedness in society to manifest out of control. We've allowed things that are not biblical into the church and intermingle with messianic teachings and mysticism and, uh, you know, the secret and all this new age philosophy. And we think that there's not going to be any kind of blowback from this. We are fooling ourselves. So yes, when you see a video put up by many rounds to repent, it is not just the United States. It is not any country in specific. It is the church as well that needs to repent. And realize where it is. Because it is in, to put it simply, deep doo-doo right now. It is largely apostate. And it is getting out of control. You want the truth about the rapture? Here's the bottom line. Most wouldn't be ready. 90 to 95% of the church would not be ready. I can safely say that just on observation. We should be occupying until the Lord's return. Because we are about to undergo the most severe persecution there has ever been. And Satan's greatest lie is to convince people that they are in a position to escape these things. When in fact they are not ready. So you want to know where the problem is? It begins with you. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. And those of you out there saying, well, if you don't believe the rapture, you're going to get left behind. Shame on you. Shame. Because you are not helping. 
And that is the pinnacle of what I'm talking about by being that fragile vase on the shelf who can't get their hands dirty. Well, I'm just going to wait here in my little corner and pretend that I don't have to really do anything. Oh, well, I've done everything. So then does that excuse me because I've done podcasts for two years? Uh Uh-uh. We need to realize where we are. And if you're so holy, why don't you teach others about it rather than sitting there condemning other Christians who don't believe in the pre-trib rapture? Occupying the time to lead the lost souls. Tell them what they should and should not be doing. That's what we should be doing is feeding them. You know, at the very least, be giving an account for your faith. When these things begin and we're still here, There are going to be many people who are going to be hurt. Many at that time will feel lied to. They will feel betrayed. That is not the Lord's fault. Don't get mad at God. And that is why the true believers need to be coming together and they need to be doing it now. Where are the warriors for Christ Jesus? Where are they? Where are those who speak up with integrity? To do the right thing. You know, I don't know how you convey it any further. You want a warning. That's the warning for the church. That's your prophecy. That's your warning of what's going to happen if the church does not turn from its wickedness. And if it continues to condone these things. Scripture is very clear about not allowing these things within the church, within the temple. You know, for those of you who are new to the faith, those of you who are here for an answer to crucify these things, know that the Lord is with you. I'm with you. And there are many brethren out there who are with you, okay? There are a lot of people who have gone through the hurts. They've had to go through the pain of crucifying their flesh, and it is not an easy thing to do. But if you meet somebody and they act high and mighty like they can't help you, just find somebody else. Move on. That's the best thing I can recommend. You know, don't give up. And for those of you who are walking in the ways of the Lord, doing what you're supposed to do, may Jesus bless you. That's all I have for you this week. I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And until next time, take care of yourselves out there, okay? Be vigilant. Keep on that armor of God, all right? God bless everyone.